You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, this is episode four of the Frugal Spender Podcast. And today I'm going to talk to you about something that should be a key component of everybody's personal finances, and that is sinking funds. But before we get into what sinking funds are, why you need them, and the best way to practically implement them, I want to ask you to hit the subscribe button on whichever streaming service you are currently listening to me on. That way you'll be notified when I release my weekly episodes and you won't miss out on the soothing tones of my Southwest accent. So let's kick off with some facts. According to the ONS, or the Office of National Statistics, in 2021, the average saving rate in the UK was 6.8%. So the average household was setting aside under 7% of the money that comes into their accounts each month. This doesn't give much wiggle room for things that can go wrong. And combined with the fact that a third of the population have less than £600 in savings and 1 in 10 have absolutely no savings at all, We are a nation that needs to get better at this. Now enter sinking funds. But what on earth are they? Well, the term sinking fund was actually coined in the early 1700s and was a reference to tax syndicates. Most recently, though, the term was popularised by Dave Ramsey and the term now refers to a strategic way of saving money by setting aside a certain amount each week, month or year for an expected expense. Expected is probably the most important part of that definition as this is money you are setting aside for something you know will happen. An example of this would be Christmas, birthdays or car expenses like an MOT or a service. And this is a clear distinction between an emergency fund or an unexpected expense, which is what an emergency fund is actually there for. It's important to differentiate the two of these funds as they have different purposes. And when talking about sinking funds, we are getting in the fine details of money management and day-to-day or month-to-month expenses where you're allocating your cash flow from your salary or other incomes. An emergency fund is something you should build up as a priority and leave it out of sight as insurance for something unexpected happening like your boiler breaking down or your car needing some urgent repairs. By having the emergency fund in place, you're protecting your cash flow so that you can manage it using sinking funds to ensure that all of your bases are covered. And sinking funds just give you financial space. Think of when a big expense normally arises. It's often towards the end of the month or when you have so little or when something seems to happen all at the same time, like your MOT and service is due at the same time, and then your fridge dies. For some reason, that's just how the universe seems to work. And these things feel like a big deal when you haven't managed your cash flow, but feeling like a minor inconvenience when you have spent just 10 minutes at the beginning of the year working how much you need to put aside for certain things, and then making sure you've got the cash reserves to pay for it at the time. Okay, so how do you use sinking funds? Well, firstly, you need to establish what it is you're saving up for. Ask yourself, what is the desired purpose of this money? And you need to be very specific. Setting money aside and telling yourself that you're going to use this for when bills just arise is better than nothing, but it lacks intentionality. You're likely to just dip into this money when you're feeling impulsive. Christmas is a good example to use because most of us celebrate it And almost all of us spend a fair bit of money around that sort of time. 
The strange thing about Christmas, though, is that it manages to creep up on us every single year, despite the fact that we know Christmas is in December every year. Then you're going to need to decide on an amount that you're prepared to spend and spread that across the year. For Christmas, everybody's budget will vary and you do have a degree of control about how much you spend. However, other things like car insurance, home insurance, car repairs are a bit more objective. You have less control over how much you need to spend on these. Yes, you can shop around for cheaper insurance and take your car to the cheapest garage, but there's going to be an amount that you just need to spend to have those luxuries. So you're going to need to create a sinking fund for them. So figure out what it is you need to save. So figure out what it is you need to save. And once you have that amount required for your sinking fund, you're going to need to divide the amount by the number of months until it is needed. For example, if you decide that you want to have £500 for next Christmas and it's 12 months away, Simply divide 500 by 12 to give you the monthly amount that you need to put away into your sinking fund every single month, which in that case would be just under £42. This seems so obvious and really simple, and truthfully it is, but most of us just aren't doing it. Next, you need to make sure the amount automatically leaves your bank account as close to payday as possible to make it feel like it's a direct debit. Before you know it, you're building up your Christmas fund without even thinking about it. And by making this process automatic, you get used to that amount leaving your account and it minimizes the surprise purchase that you're going to need to make in life. Just just trust me, once you start doing it, it starts to feel like less crazy things happen and you need to fork out money unexpectedly. It's important to remember that people inflate their lifestyle versus what they earn. So normal is just spending your monthly income until it reaches zero, not being intentional at all and wondering where it's gone at the end of the month. You get a pay rise and buy a slightly nicer car on finance or get a bigger house that you don't need or buy fancy clothes, most of the time just to impress other people. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't want or have those nice things but it needs to be an intentional act and it should only happen once all your financial affairs are in order, including budgeting every month, being debt free and having an emergency fund and ensuring that you are setting aside money for your future. So by making the process automatic, you will adapt to what is left and that will become the new normal. And the new normal will be having the money to pay for your car insurance when it comes up for renewal and not stressing in November that you can't afford to buy your loved ones any presents. You can genuinely sleep soundly at night knowing that you have everything covered and you can allocate more money to things like leisure. The beauty of budgeting in this way is that you can use it for absolutely any expected expense. The biggest benefit that I got from sinking funds is that feeling of security. Uh, I don't actually have that feeling of money anxiety like I used to. I used to bury my head in the sand and tell myself, it'll all be fine, I'll just find money from somewhere when these sort of expenses arise. And inevitably, I had to resort to paying for it with debt or having to go without something else to pay for something I avoided planning for. Sinking funds provide emotional stability when it comes to your money. So I thought it might be useful to give you some examples of the main sinking funds that I use and why I use them. So firstly, car insurance. So two years ago, I started paying for our car insurance annually rather than monthly, and that saved us a good chunk of interest. We stopped paying for the convenience of having a monthly direct debit, and once you pay it outright, you get a good discount. And all it takes is that first payment to get the annual ball rolling. Then you create a sinking fund for the next year and your payments that were going out monthly just go into the sinking fund and then you actually save money. You don't pay a penny towards that interest that you would be paying. And the next one is Christmas. Now I've already talked about Christmas but 
is most definitely the one that absolutely everybody should be doing. In my household, the sinking fund incorporates not just the cost of presents, but the total cost of the Christmas season. So the total target amount will include presents, food, uh, any extra planned fuel costs or accommodation, anything that you can think of that are related to Christmas, this needs to be incorporated into that number. And by doing this, the month of December is just like any other month when it comes to your money. You can still put money away into other savings and investments in that month. And out of all of the sinking funds I use, the one that has genuinely changed my finances the most is food shopping. I had no idea how much money I was spending on my weekly food shop, daily trips to the supermarket and the odd bits of lunch here and there. And the truth is, you probably don't either because everybody thinks that they know how much they spend on food each month, but you could probably double it, add a bit more and you'd still be short. It's easy to convince yourself that spending a load of money at the supermarket is a necessity because, you know, you need food to survive, right? Whilst obviously true, supermarkets don't just sell food anymore, do they? Not only is it too easy to justify buying food that isn't great for your budget or, truthfully, probably your waste, you can even put clothing and electrical items into your trolley and it still falls under the supermarket umbrella of budget. I would recommend to go back and check your bank statements for your food shopping over the last three months and get an average. That will be the honest, true answer to how much you are spending on food. And for us, we now set a really strict budget monthly in a sinking fund for food shopping. So prior to shopping, we'll make a list of what we need. I'll check how much we have left in that space. And the food shop just needs to be within that amount. Because once it hits zero, that's it. We're going hungry. Okay, maybe we're not going to go hungry. But it's a great psychological trick to stop you spending a lot of money on unnecessary items. It forces you to be intentional and plan your shopping so you don't impulse buy. Okay, so now you know what a sinking fund is and how they work. Where should you keep them? Well, there's a few different ways you can actually manage your money when it comes to sinking funds. And it comes down to your personality and the way you already manage money. Find the way that works for you because truthfully, everybody's different. So firstly, there's the envelope system. This is the old-fashioned way of withdrawing cash and placing it into a physical envelope uh, and writing on the front of it what it's meant to be for. Although I really like the idea of a visual hands-on approach, these days it's just not very practical to have envelopes stuffed with money lying about the house or in your bag, especially in the times where more and more shops are becoming cashless. Then there's the method of separate bank accounts. And one way people manage this method is by having different accounts for different uses. Then you can just transfer money between these accounts and it becomes difficult to accidentally spend money that you've set aside for a specific planned expense. The issue here though clearly is the fact that it's quite impractical and requires you to open multiple accounts and have multiple cards to worry about. In my opinion the solution to this problem and the option that I use and couldn't recommend enough is using spaces or pots. Now, the spaces or pots function that most challenger banks use, and challenger banks being the online banks that are challenging the high street banks, which include Starling, Monzo, Revolut, and a few others. Personally, I like Starling, but just find one that you like. And many of these challenger banks offer functions known as spaces or pots or purses or vaults. All of these allow you to set up a separate area within your bank account that you can place your money into. They've essentially created virtual sinking funds. And even though the money is separated, it's all technically within one account. And the two most popular banks that use this function are Starling and Monzo. But some high street banks are now actually starting to introduce it just to make sure they're not left behind in the dust. And the best thing about these pots is that they are still in one account. They've just visually moved it around for you, utilizing and creating a psychological trick 
of out of sight, out of mind. This is by far the easiest way to manage your money using sinking funds. Using a bank like this is something that I definitely urge you to looking into. It really is 21st century banking that's integrated sinking funds and also combines the idea of goal setting. And there you have it, sinking funds in a nutshell. I can honestly say that managing my money in this way has completely transformed my financial life. It gives you so much control and certainty over what's happening. This combined with your monthly budget will make it as efficient as you can and will give you more freedom to invest and spend money in ways that you really enjoy. So I hope you got something useful out of this episode. And if you want to ask me any questions about it, just drop me a message on any of the social medias. And if you're feeling generous, please leave me a review on whatever app that you're listening to this on. And there you go. Episode four in the books, all about sinking funds. Guys, thank you very much for listening. And I'll speak to you next week. Peace.